All righty. Let's get the full story now. We go to that uh, Tom Korski guy over at Blacklock's reporting. Hello, Tom. Hi, Alex. Busy times in Ottawa, right? Uh, you're going to be working late on Friday. I got, I've got my situation all ready for Katie Telford's testimony. Sit back and watch it Friday afternoon. And there's so much more material added to it now. Oh, you're getting excited, eh? I find low well, expectations are the key to Oh, happiness. I set the bar on the floor. No, I'm not expecting anything. I'm just going to watch it. <laughs> what do you make of the uh, latest? I'll get you. Th- I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff I want to get to with you, but um, the stuff that we've learned about the Trudeau Foundation, not only getting out of there uh, ASAP, but then when you read the backstory, um, Alexander Trudeau signing off on this questionable check, you know, half the board wanted an investigation, the old guard did not. I don't know how David Johnston... Because he may not be involved at all, but again, is he part of that uh, contingent that didn't want it? Like, how does this move forward with David Johnston at the helm? Well, it doesn't, but this is all, it, it, it only appears confusing if you're desperate to avoid a public inquiry. But that's a very narrow list of people who want to avoid a public inquiry. Overwhelming majority support for a public yeah. inquiry. The Commons has already voted on this. Block MPs. Uh, yesterday uh, sent a letter to the Auditor General and said, okay, that's enough. And that's, uh, I think, the exactly the correct response at this point. Of course, there's going to be a public inquiry. It's unthinkable that there would not be. And if they, if anyone tries to get clever, I mean, the wheels are off the bus. I think 44 sure. oh, yeah. to close. But in the meantime, bring in the auditors. There is the, it is their job, and they are supposed to be dispassionate. Let's find out what happened to that foundation's use of your $125 million. Yeah, uh, you know, it is public money. Uh, And do it now because the uh, interim ethics commissioner is a relative. So uh, it would be easier, no? No, no, we'll just get the facts, right? I mean, these are the accountability (laughs) boys, right? They want to do business. Don't do it at midnight in the basement. Do it in broad daylight, right in the town square, right? Bright sunshine, let everyone watch. Let's see. Mm. Would be the you know had he done this at the beginning, we wouldn't be talking about this. So I don't I don't I have know to why. Say, Alex, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. If you wanted to fuel conspiracy theories that there yeah. are horrible crimes to to hide, this is exactly the sort of nonsense you would do. Or this next story, which I find so egregious, and I think it is wise for everyone to pay attention to this, because this has everything to do with these documents that got tabled, and they give 214 examples of how this government was trying to ask social media to remove certain content between 2020 and 2023. And so, in particular, the, uh, there was a Toronto Sun article that Lauren Gunter uh, wrote, and the Director of Communications and Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship wanted uh, t- social media to remove it because they didn't like, um, you know, the fact, they didn't like the reporting on it because it had undermined public confidence. Thankfully, the social media companies said no, Tom. But A, what the hell is the government trying to do removing anything from any social media company? But now Bill C-11 is a thing. Can you imagine how many more this is going to happen to, including you and this me? Is a big, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No, no, this is yeah. a big deal. So exactly what you just described occurred. And now watch them run for cover. We want names. We were speaking to Lauren yesterday. We want names. Who is the bright light? Who decided to do uh, that thing where you flash the government badge and demand that Facebook delete a link to a legitimate story critical of your government? Alex, it's like something out of Venezuela. Are you kidding me? So that's all it takes now in this town for some monkey in communications to get in the car, 
flash the badge down at Facebook and say, I don't want anyone to read that story. You know what word they used? I love this word. Disinformation. The biggest purveyor of disinformation is the government of Canada. People don't listen. When the prime minister says he's worried about disinformation, they Mm -hmm. conflate dissent and criticism, political observance and opposition with disinformation. Disproves it. We want a name. Yeah, we probably won't. Um, but the bottom line is, uh, they tried to do this, and um, I don't know how anybody could be okay with it uh, because you know we won't see. So you've got to wonder how many times did they try to get stories on tri- on China and the interference? How many, would they do this to a Sam Cooper, Bob Fife? These are the people, or me, or you. If they don't like what 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 Lauren Gunter had to read. There's a hell of a lot of other stuff they won't want out there. And if they have that power to remove it, just imagine what we won't know about. It's, it's, I think it's deeply alarming, deeply alarming. It's exciting to see it documented uh, and by our count for the first time. Listen, everyone's got a filing cabinet full of indignant demands from government of, uh, officials uh, wanting to, quote-unquote, correct your thinking. Everyone gets those in the newsroom all the time. This was different. This was completely different. Can you imagine if Harper did this? The Toronto Star would be burning police cars. It's (laughs) it's absolutely outrageous. I hope some parliamentary committee that cares about free speech and getting the government out of the newsroom pursues this. We want a name. We want to know who the genius is who goes around flashing the badge to decide what Canadians get to read. Well, thankfully, the company said no, but uh, any newsroom, like, uh, no, their job is to uh, check facts and do all these things and then have your back, um, you know, if, uh, but, but, uh, but if these newsrooms turn around and start doing this, uh, good God, help, God help us. That's where it goes. Um, I want to talk about this one a bit uh, because this is such a big issue and certainly the, this government has tried to sell itself as the, um, you know, the purveyor of all things affordable housing. They haven't gotten a shovel in the ground on any of it. Then we hear that uh, Housing Minister Ahmed Hussein has quietly rewritten uh, a whole bunch of more loopholes into restricting foreign real estate speculators. This is exciting. In 2021, <laughs> no less than the Prime Minister of Canada yeah. campaign, they said, you know what, yeah. we have to get foreign speculators out of real estate because yeah. it's driving up prices and mom and pop can't buy a house anymore. It's crazy. It has to stop. It's going to stop, he said. That was in the campaign. And they indeed passed a bill last June to stop foreign speculation in real estate ever since. God bless them. Yeah. Ever yeah. since they've been writing regulatory loophole after loophole after loophole. And then we see yesterday... Housing Minister Hassan basically gutted the entire bill and says, you know, we need foreigners to develop housing. So I guess the moral of the story is sometime campaign promises, I don't want to use crazy language, Alex, sometimes they're disinformation. So when they said, we want to stop foreign speculators in real estate, what they meant was, we need foreign speculators in real estate. I understand why that would be confusing to some people. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean... Has he found that uh, few billion that they can't seem to find uh, to build the housing? Uh, has that been uh, dealt with? No, you never see that money, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, a few billion, what do we need that for? Uh, by the way, I just want to get this one in because I don't have a ton of time, but I do think it's important that you guys find out about this dental care program that was uh, put together by the uh, Trudeau government and uh, Jagmeet Singh. So when you look at the grants, uh, that how it was built, and this comes from the Canadian Dental Association figures, cabinet... Um, 
have made the calculations four times more than what they were told is the spending for kids and what they need. So they like way overinflated prices. Doesn't add up. Maximum grant, this is for households uh, with income under $70,000 a year. Maximum grant, $650 per child under 12. Problem, Canadian Dental Association actual billings for patients under 12, the average is 150 bucks. Anyone who has kids knows this, because guess what? Mm. Kids under 12, their teeth fall out. I actually have a bag of our children's <laughs> teeth at home. Yeah. I don't know why I, do, I kept right them. Uh, nostalgic. <laughs> but it's actually not that expensive. So what's with the giveaway? What was the math here? There's so many questions about this program that they are now proposing to expand at a cost of several billions of dollars. It just doesn't add up, Alex. It generally doesn't, Tom, but that's why we get you guys to come on and uh, add it up for us. So continue following the dollar because it does tell the story. Uh, Enjoy tomorrow. We will... um Meet on Tuesday, and uh, we will break down all of what we've heard. Thanks uh, a lot, Tom. Thank you, Alex. There's Tom Korsky over at Blacklock's Reporter. Subscription-based, very much worth the price of admission.